Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Enable us not to think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less often. As we learn to put the lives of others ahead of our own. And to all who have lost a soldier, no gift could repay their sacrifice, and no words could contain our gratitude. But we remember them, we thank them, and we honor them this weekend. On this Memorial Day weekend, we honor the men and women in uniform who've done that to the fullest extent. They have placed their lives behind ours, putting us first, our country first, and we hold them in our hearts today. We ask you to comfort the families and friends of those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and for their example of courage, selflessness, and love, we give thanks. Protect the men and women in uniform today, especially those downrange and in harm's way. Keep them alert. Give them your strength and power and bless those in authority over us with the wisdom that they need to know the right decisions and the courage to carry out those decisions. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said aloud, amen. Amen. Well, I forgot to mention it last service. I can't believe it, but I'm going to mention it now. Uh, Next Sunday, we have a special guest worship leader, Lana Scott. Now, Lana has been with us before. Um, You may remember she was on The Voice NBC, and she made the top eight. And she'll be here with some uh, special guest musicians, and it's going to be great. And she now lives in Nashville, but while she's in L.A., we get her. Notice how smart we are. It's cheaper to get her from L.A. than from Nashville. So she's been singing with some guy you might have heard of, Blake Shelton. And anyway, uh, but she'll be here leading worship, not because she's got a great voice, but because she's got a great love for Jesus. So I want to say that God has a plan for your life. And you're going to say, yeah, duh, right? But the plan that God has for your life is always bigger than you are. Yeah, if you can live your life without the presence and the power of God, then you're living a life that's too small. If you can raise your kids without the power and presence of God, you're not raising them with the greatest potential that you have. Actually, you're not raising them with the potency of the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. If you're a grandparent, any grandparents, come on. You can't have the greatest influence in the next generations if you're not allowing God to help you and to grow you. Now, some time ago, I read a piece about falcons and chickens. Now, some of you know about chickens. Some of you raised chickens, right? Some of you enjoyed The fruit of the chicken this morning, if you had an egg or a pancake made with eggs, you know, or if you had a muffin, there's probably an egg in there somewhere. But take a look at a chicken, right? Beautiful chicken. And that's actually a flying chicken. Now, I put that up there on purpose because chickens, well, they're not the greatest flyers in the world. Actually, the longest recorded flight of a chicken is 230 yards. That's it. Now, did chickens fly at one time? Did they? 
Could they have? Yeah. But what happened was this. They forgot how to fly. Why? Because chickens lost their ability to fly when they became domesticated and fat. I'll just let that... Do its thing, man. You see, we're told that their wings became smaller and weaker, and their bodies became wider and heavier. So no longer did their wings support the flight. And something happened to their feet. Their feet got bigger over time. Why? Because now they were walking the ground, waiting for a human being to drop some food on the ground. And so their former ability hmm, was gone. But think about the falcon, and this is a peregrine falcon. Beautiful bird, right? The peregrine falcon is the fastest bird in the world. Others are faster when they fly horizontally, but when the peregrine falcon starts to dive, it can fly in excess of two. 150 miles an hour. And why does it do it? It's focused on its objective. And its objective is its prey. You see, chickens don't have to go out and find food. They're domesticated. So much so that not only do they not go out and find food, in many cases, chickens become food. Fried, boiled, huh? Street tacos, come on. Chicken, babacoo chicken, hooli hooli chicken, right? At one time, they could have soared. See, this bird is fast when it's focused on its objective. What's its objective? It's prey. And just think of a bird flying at 15 or 20 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, a 250 mile an hour falcon comes and says, you're my dinner, you're my lunch, you're my stack. And don't let that phrase kind of float down the street. The bird flies its fastest when it's focused on its objective. Sometimes people tell us, go and be a falcon for God. But we've been chickenized. We've been domesticated. We long to hear this sermon in the, the greatest church in the world, wherever that is, from the greatest orators in the world. We, we long to sing that worship song that, ooh, that moves us, or, or listen to a Caleb Quay guitar riff, or a Doug Matthews drum lick. Oh, man, those guys are good. Maybe go on a retreat or a conference, or maybe in the morning wake up and have the perfect weather and the perfect cup of coffee or the perfect chai tea or the perfect drink from Dutch bros. And maybe that will. For so long, I've watched Christians. It's going to tell you the God honest truth. Live beneath their calling. When God says, be a falcon. And we say, no, just going to walk the ground. Maybe lay a couple eggs now and then. People live frustrated lives when they live beneath the call that God has placed inside of them. 
Some people say, I'll do better. I'll try harder. I will modify my behavior and work on my thinking. And all of that might be good. But religion says, we're going to modify you from the outside in. But the New Testament says, we're going to change you from the inside out. The same power that rose Christ from the dead on Easter. And how much power did God have to exert to raise someone dead for three days and cause an earthquake and the stone to be rolled away. The Bible says that same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells inside of those who believed in Jesus Christ and become his fully devoted followers. The Holy Spirit desires to make us what we cannot be on our own. And I will tell you this, Paul the apostle knew it well. He was Saul the persecutor of the church, and now he becomes Paul, and he writes these words in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone, would you help me, is in Christ, the, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The old is gone. And it seems like a lot of people, especially religious people, want to talk about good and bad, right and wrong. But Jesus really talks about old and new. Paul tells us here, when you come to Christ, the old is gone, the new is here. Doesn't anybody want more new? Yeah. And I don't want more new in the weather or, you know, maybe hairstyle or hair color. That, that's okay. But the new that we really need, we must contend for, is the newness of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Well, I'm just going to try to act like a falcon. You can't on your own. And if God's calling you to be a falcon and you've convinced yourself are you, all you are is a chicken, you need to come to the power of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit and run away from the gravita gravitational pull of sin and sameness and old and it will pull you down. And you need to rise up one morning and maybe sing to the wind. I believe I could fly. I believe I could touch the sky, spread my wings and fly away. But I got to be here with the chickens today. I can't go over the fence. They told me if I do, the coyotes would get me. So I just sit here in my little ring, in my little pen, in my little safe life. And God's calling us for more. If you have a Bible, I'd love for you to open to 2 Peter. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the chair back in front of you. And if you can read really small font, you can take that home as our gift. I confess it's a small font. 2 Peter chapter 1. I think he's talking to us about a falcon life. I think he's talking to us about a life in which we live out the call of God. He says, grace and peace be yours how? In abundance, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord, his divine power has given us, I want you to catch this. If you don't hear me say anything else, listen to God's word. His divine power has given us what? Everything we need. Wow. Take a moment. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Why are so many, ask, answer this later with me or email me or call the office or whatever you need to do. Answer this question. If he's given us everything we need, 
How come we're still so needy? Oh, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And according to Peter, Peter would know, wouldn't he? When Jesus rose from the dead, remember our first sermon in this series, Jesus comes and has breakfast with Peter and says, Peter, you denied me three times. I'm going to ask you three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter, go do. Go be a falcon, Peter. I've seen your chicken life. Open mouth, insert foot, Peter. Deny Jesus, Peter. I've seen you be chickenized. I've seen you live a chicken life. Peter, you go and and soar. And Peter writes to us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us. In other words, we live out the life God has called us to because of the power that is inside of us. Hang on, it gets better. Through these, he's given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You want to talk about new? When we go from human nature to divine nature, that's called new life. Having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, and Peter understood this and he lived it. Matter of fact, Peter got up one day and was a falcon. He preached a sermon calling people to repentance. 3,000 people got saved in one day. I've never had that happen. And then logistically, think about the next part. Those of you that like administration and logistics, they baptized 3,000 people that same day. Where'd they get enough (laughs) T-shirts and towels? Hey, guys, 3,000 got saved. Good. We're all going down to get baptized. How do you recruit that many ushers and dunkers? The book of Acts is filled with the acts of That's why it's called acts. The acts of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, enabled by God. Courageous acts of God lived through people who decided to be falcons for the Lord. The only one, number one, who who could make me who I was created to be is the God who created me. If we look anywhere else for our divine purpose, if we look anywhere else for our divine enablement, we will miss it. I encourage people everywhere, go to the God who made you. He, he, he loves you the most, and he knows you the most, and he knows everything about you, and he wants to empower you in such a way that you can live for him. Religion works from a basic assumption that what you need is not in you. Religion is a lack of confidence in God's ability to recreate you. And as I study the scriptures, and especially wrestle with the words of Peter, I go, Lord, you, you came to make all of us new. We still may have our crooked nose. We may still have the mole up here. We still may have hair that falls out, receding airlines. But in our spirits, he comes to make us brand new, and he gives us grace and peace. That's why it says grace and peace be yours in abundance. Life in the Holy Spirit aligns our hearts from I need to receive what I need to I need to unleash what God has already given me. Now, if I had two hours, we would unpack that. I don't, so let me just say it again. It's not a call that says, God, I need, I need, I need. 
It's an assignment for us to say, God, I want your word released through me and your spirit released through me, and I need to stop binding up what you put inside of me and start unleashing it. Some of you are going, well, I don't know. I don't get it. The Holy Spirit is in you to change you from the inside out to enable you to do what you cannot do on your own. Grace and and peace. The second thing is Jesus' divine power has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Yeah, but when I get there and when God does that, then, no, no, stop saying then and start saying now. Hear me. Well, someday I, stop saying that. God has given you everything, and this is the Bible. This is not just Bernie flapping his yap, though I flap pretty good. Peter says, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. What is a godly life? It is living the life that God intended you to live. You were designed to be an extension of God himself. You were designed to express the word of God lived in you and through you, and you were designed to have the grace of God flowing in your life and to be a dispenser of grace. You know what grace is? Grace is the gifts that God gives. And you might say, yeah, grace, by grace we are saved, right? Come on, by grace we're saved. Undeserved provision, unmerited favor. Yep, yep, yep. But I want to tell you the definition of grace is all the gifts that God has. Salvation, administration, all the charismata, if I could add that. All the gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, service, hospitality, wisdom, knowledge, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, And somebody says, oh, man, there's a lot of gifts. Yes, natural gifts and supernatural gifts. That's what this word is. Everything we need that is beyond us in the moment, God gives to us for the moment. Everything we need. And uh, 2 Peter 1, 2 says, may God give you more and more grace and peace. Why? So you can feel good about yourself. Well, no. That you'll have more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, your Lord. And notice there's a responsibility to get more grace and peace. What is it? Can you see it? What, what, What is it? You grow, thank you. Yeah, and by the way, God can't make you grow. That's your responsibility. It's your responsibility through worship, through service, through generosity, through reading his word, to saying, God, I make room for you. Your ways, not my ways. Your thoughts, not my thoughts. Your will, not my will. It's an unleashing and a releasing of what God has already given you. I had a friend tell me years ago, he says, man, I've been in the church 30 years. I never miss a Sunday. Then he started tabulating how many sermons that was. And here's what he said. I really don't need another sermon. I'll go to church. 
I just need to live 30 years worth of what I've heard. I need to start living what I know. Could you imagine if the body of Christ in Santa Barbara County actually lived the love and the grace and the peace of God? We would revolutionize this county. Just think about it. If we live, all of us lived the New Testament, every church, and think of all the believers that are gathered today through Santa Barbara County and those online as well that aren't even gathered in a room, but they're watching us. Thank you for watching us. Just think about if we all lived the fullness of the New Testament and the fullness of God through our lives, the difference that we would make. Acts 1.8, but when the Holy Spirit has come on you, you'll feel really good about yourself. No, you will, but that's not the primary. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be empowered in such a way that that you'll let people know how spiritual you are. No, that's not what it says. You'll receive power to testify about me with great effect to the people in uh, Lompoc, (laughs) Santa Barbara County, Judea, Samaria, California, and the ends of the earth, the United States and the rest. And you'll testify about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because that death and resurrection has changed you from the inside out and given you a boldness to be who you've never been before. I love uh, what he says in verse 3 and 4, 2 Peter. We have received all of this by coming to know him. If you want more grace and peace, keep knowing him. Don't stop knowing him. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, the one who's called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us what? Come on, say it. Great and, yeah, yeah, that's our third point. God has provided me with great and precious promises. And all of those promises are given for what? So we could live comfortable, domesticated chicken lives. Ah, no. So we can rise up in newness of life, and the old life is suffocating the new life. And that's where we have to die to the old life and be crucified to the old life. And the growing is knowing Jesus and the one who has called us to himself. Listen, I want to save you five years of pain right now. It's free with the price of admission. Any future that you choose that pulls you away from Jesus and knowing him, Any future that calls you to move away from God and the Holy Spirit is not the future God's called you to. Any relationship that you invest in deeply that pulls you away from God is a bad relationship. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Our calling is greater intimacy with Jesus. That's what Peter says. Take it from someone who went sideways, Peter. He got back on track, and he tells us in this wonderful book that he writes, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, all of us are called to greater intimacy in Jesus. So back to that statement. Well, when I have all, when I get more, when I have, no, no. Provisionally, I have everything I need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life at this very moment of time. I have everything I need to do God's will and purpose. 
I woke up this morning and I quoted that. God, I have everything I need to preach twice today and make sure I don't put too many people to sleep. (laughs) Number four, all God's promises are an extension of his character and life because God calls us to himself. Look at the verse three and four again. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. What are the promises for? Think about it. The promises are connected to the godly life God wants you to live. So when he calls you to be a falcon, sorry, I'm stuck on the analogy, and you get chickenized, you have to start believing the promises, like greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, right? That God will remind me of things that I need to know, that God will give me a boldness to speak his word, that God will speak to me. Wow. Think about that. And God will whisper to you and say, go pray for that person over there. And you say, oh, I don't pray really well. And God will say, go. Go, go, go now. And sometimes he speaks that way, and sometimes he just gives you a compassion for that person, and, and then all of a sudden you say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Uh, and, and you retreat to the domesticated life. And God says, I want you to go. And how many times, I, my hand's up, have I missed opportunities for the Lord because I moved in fear rather than moving in the promises of God? The promises are to 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 not just get us through life. The promises are to embolden us with knowing, oh, I have to stop. You don't know the promises if you don't read the promises. Standing on the promises, you old timers. Huh? Standing on the promise. You can't stand on the promise if you don't know the promise. And sometimes the promise is, you know, God, you are with Jesus. You said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. That's a promise. So anything you walk into tomorrow or Thursday or next Saturday, you walk with Jesus. And from the inside out, he empowers you to do what you cannot do on your own. But I want the promises to make me feel better. That's not what they're for. The promises are for you to live the will of God for your life and through your life and to make a difference in this world like we talked about recently, salt and light and all of that. Second Peter 1.4, these are the promises that enable you, get ready now, to share his... <sighs> Peter, are you sure you got the right people? <laughs> yeah, the promises are so you and I can share in who God is, the divine nature of God. And we can kill the old nature, crucify the old nature, the human nature, and we can somehow escape the world's corruption. Did you know the world's corrupt? Is that revelation for some of you today? The world's corrupt. But we get to escape that corruption. Does that mean the headlines are going to change tomorrow? Probably not. But inside of our soul, we get to escape what corruption does to people on the inside out because the divine nature of God is in us and the Holy Spirit protects us 
from letting the outside influence us because the inside has now been influenced by the divine nature of God, the Holy Spirit of God. I'm sorry, I'm just excited about this. The Holy Spirit of God has chosen to live inside of us. Sorry. And the body of Christ has forgotten that the Holy Spirit wants to live inside of them and, and, and change them from the inside out. And Jesus calls us to himself over and over again. Now, how do I start to wrap this thing up? Because the clock is telling me, you only got so long. Let me go back to the beginning. Not the sermon, the beginning in the Bible. Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in his image. And listen, we lost that when Adam and Eve sinned. We, we lost that. And Jesus on the cross restores what was lost and allows, Peter tells us, the divine nature to be inside of us. God created us in his image. He created them male and female. He created them. That's another sermon. Peter is telling us that God wants us to participate in the divine nature. And what Jesus has placed inside of us, he wants unleashed. And I just want to say this to you, because somebody, you know, you, you've tuned me out, and now you've come back. Once I talked about eggs, you were already gone. And I just want to say this to you. Please hear me as your brother. You, you are not powerless. You're not stuck in your past, only if you choose to be. You are redeemed by Jesus, the transformer, and by his power, you are able to be unleashed in your relationship with him because Jesus is calling you to himself and he wants you to respond to that call so he can give you more grace and more peace so you can be a dispenser of grace and peace because our world is desperate to see people living authentically in the power of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you who you are because some of you may have forgotten. If you've given your life to Jesus, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And trying to be a chicken when you're called to be a falcon, there's the analogy again, sorry. Trying to be a chicken is exhausting, man. And trying to fake being a falcon is more exhausting. Be who you are in Jesus. Be who you are by the power of the word. Jeremiah 31, 33, this is the covenant I will make with, with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their where? Minds and write it on their hearts. I will be, and they will be. That's the heart of God. It's not religion, behavior modification. No, no, no. I will be. They're God. They will be my people. I will live in them. I will empower them. I will give them precious promises. It's a time to believe that God has made us new. I've got a couple of questions, and our worship team's going to come back. We're going to sing that song. I love that song about going in the name of Jesus. How could it be? Catch this, please that the creator of the universe can come and live inside of us and we still believe that we're lacking something. How, how, how could it be that the creator of the universe could live inside of us 
and we still believe we're lacking something. And here's another one, gets deeper. If God dwells within me, what exactly do I need to live the life that he's called me to live? If God lives inside of me, what could I be lacking? And if God dwells within me, what exactly do I need to live the life that he's called me to live? Don't attempt to become who God called you to be without God. Don't attempt to live a Holy Spirit-empowered life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't attempt to embrace the promises of God if the promises are in his word and you never crack the book. Don't attempt to become who Jesus is calling you to be without Jesus. And some of you today are living without him. And you being here or watching online is a holy setup because God's knocking on your heart and say, I want to be your Savior. I want to be your Lord. And I know a lot of times in church we have repeat after me prayers. I'm going to give you the shortest repeat after me prayer. Are you ready for it? You want to do it? Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Now here's the second part if you want to. Holy Spirit, I invite you to fill my life. I give my life to you, Jesus. I want you to fill my life. And we welcome the new, Lord. We welcome the new. Jesus, we give you our life. We place this church in your hands, and I'd be so bold to say every church in Santa Barbara County, God, we, we, we place them in your hands. We believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again. And because of that, we're made new. Oh, God, we, we renounce religion, and we open to a relationship with you like never before, where your Holy Spirit empowers us to be but we could never be on our own. Christ in us, hope of glory. (laughs) Holy Spirit in us, the power to live a godly life. That's who you are. Help us to rise up and do what you've called us to do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.